So I was the Wheat Bix kid in Australia. No. So my face was on the Wheat Bix box, which was um, at the time not very amusing because I was, eh, you're the Wheat Bix kid at, at school and things like that. I was six. Volunteers are also the absolute reason why I do ceremonies. Volunteers are the best people in the world. You just have to kind of be everywhere, put your hand up for everything. I volunteered on six ceremonies before I got paid. I know people say don't work with your family, but um, in our case it's just so easy because we read each other's minds and we know what we're thinking and we do it in our sleep. But I do love Dubai, I love the UAE, I love the Middle East. I'm, I'm particularly passionate about this area because it all started here for me in Doha. I always go there because it's just something which I always get excited about. And, you know, a few guests have said it, you know, how important to you is that culture? Hi, I'm Lily. And I'm Dan. We are The Loaded. And we're back again, Dan. We are for another incredible episode a of great Our Loading. Our Our Loading. Does that sound, it sounds like I'm putting a load of washing in. I, I don't know where to take that one. I'm just going to stay away from it. So how have you been? I've been good. How about you? Since the last time I saw you. I know it's been, what, all of a week? All of a week. Indeed. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. It is. It's really good. I, I keep saying it time and time again, but we have incredible guests and... The thing which is really, really striking is that all of the stories are very different. They're awesome. They are. I mean, like, we delve a bit deeper. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, you, you meet people and you know what they are and who they are now, but their backstory yep. is always fascinating. Yeah, which is why I'm really excited about today's guest. Yeah, and who do we have in the studio? This was an easy one for me today. We have the wonderful Taylor Anthony joining us. How are you? I'm really good. I'm stoked to be here. Um, when I got the message the other day, I was just... Yeah, absolutely stoked. So thank you so much for having me. Anytime. I'm stoked that we have another fellow Aussie. There's been a few Aussies I know, on this season. I know, it makes me very happy because normally I get lost in, in between all the English oh, jokes. so many Brits. No clue. In Dubai. There's a lot honestly. of us. There is actually. Too, too many sometimes. So, you know, Especially Brasty on a, on a Friday now. Friday or Saturday, I'm not too sure. Friday, I think it yeah. was. Mm. Anyway, welcome to the studio. Thank you. How are you feeling? Exhausted. So my contract with Expo finished yesterday. So I'm in pieces on the floor today, and um, packing up our apartment and moving, leaving the country tomorrow. So what? That quickly? Yes, we're desperately getting back to Tunisia, where my husband is from, because they, his family, haven't met our son yet because we had a COVID baby. Oh so wow! Congratulations. Are, thank you. Well, he's actually two now. He's wow. A, he's a real little person, but. Um, that just his age tells us how long you've been COVID away from family been, of course yeah around four because I had him two weeks before the whole world went into lockdown we're so. gonna get I'm sure we'll get there eventually but do you yeah. want to tell our listeners who Taylor Anthony is sure no pressure gosh that's such a hard question isn't it it's it's you don't often talk about yourself yeah um especially uh, with what I do um as a choreographer you just kind of use your body and use other people's bodies to create things. So this, it's, um, I'll give it my best shot. <laughs> um, so I'm a freelance creative. Um, I've kind of, I'm focusing at the moment on choreography and creative direction. Um, I've, I've just been the lead dance captain at Artists in Motion for the last 10 months. Um, I was a child performer and then it kind of just evolved 
from there. But so I, were you one of those, you know, the kids that you see in the home videos that from the age of two is like performing for the whole family? I wasn't performing for the whole family because my whole family are performers. Oh, wow. So this is All right, let's go. Let's, okay, let's, let's <laughs> dig. Let's dig. Let's get back. Let's, so go, let's go to that. If anything, I, I wasn't a show pony. I didn't, okay. I didn't enjoy that just because I was surrounded by it. 24-7, but it's also all I knew. So that was, I just thought all families were So your whole like family that. was in showbiz? My whole family, my mum, my dad, all of my cousins, my siblings, my aunties and uncles. Wow. Um, everybody. And what did they do? They, oh goodness. So my mum has been working with me here. Um, she was the creative associate at Artists in Motion and every second or third job I've ever done in my life has been either with my mum or my dad, which is um, Amazing. just so awesome. I know people say don't work with your family, but um, in our case, it's just so easy because we read each other's minds and we know what we're thinking and we do it in our sleep. Do you ever have moments on site? Um, no, actually, no. no, not really. We're pretty good at putting that aside and getting the job done we're oh, all very fantastic. passionate about what we do and um no i don't think i've ever had a moment really i'm just trying to think, think of, me, of me working with my family well like, that's the we, thing we probably kill each other yeah. within day one yeah well we just always get the job done and um usually these contracts are so short so you have so much to do in such little time this one was much more challenging um because of the length and just the circumstances and um what expo was but you were saying like you come from a family that worked in showbiz. Yeah. I guess, like, when did you start? Oh, I started really young. I'm um, doing television commercials and TV shows in Australia. What TV shows? Oh, I did. So I was the Wheat Bix kid in Australia. No. So my face was on the Wheat Bix box, which was, at the time, not very amusing because I was, eh, you're the Wheat Bix kid at, at school and things like that. I was six. Um, and then when I was about eight, I, I was Kodak girl because um, I was you know, Kodak cameras back in the day when we used Kodak film. Um, so things like that. And then I did, you know, I was in Annie the Musical when I was nine. But did you want to do it? Or was oh, it... I, it's, I just, yeah, yeah, sure. But, but I didn't like even it. think about it. To be honest, all I remember about doing Annie was the dog. I just loved, loved the, dog. the dog. I wanted to pat the dog. I wanted to do all the training tricks with the dog. I didn't think about it. I don't think that my parents overly wanted any of me or my siblings to do the performing arts because I know how difficult it is, but it's just our natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah, literally, don't even think about it. It comes easy and it's so much fun and my home life was so much more interesting than school. I I never liked school, found it boring, didn't get any satisfaction from it because my outside world was just so magical and so colourful and, yeah, so I had a great upbringing, very colourful. So what other things have you done? So you mentioned, like, the... Kodak girl, wheat bits. Wheat bits. Wheat bits. You've oh, got to have your wheat bits. Is it's it's wheat bits. Oh, so we say wheat bits. We say wheat bits, and you we say wheat bits. I mean, uh, we just shortened it a bit more, but you know that's what as we do. You do. In Straya, we uh, Straya. shorten everything. Yeah, and just kind of went from there. I I went to a performing arts school, so anytime I got a contract, I was able to take the work with me. So the first. And um, what was the performing arts school? It was, at the time, it was called Brent Street School okay. of Performing Arts. Because that's quite famous from our, what I believe. Yeah, so it's Australia. it was Australia's um, largest performing arts school. Okay. Um, my mum and her sisters owned it. Amazing. Um, they owned it for 22 years. Um, they haven't owned it for some time now. But, yeah, so I grew up in a studio. I learned how to walk. 
you know, in a, watching my parents teach. Um, my parents were my teachers and my aunties and my uncles. Um, my auntie was my jazz teacher. My, my tap teacher was my uncle. My acro teacher was my cousin. And um, so we're all very close and I got we're, a lot of satisfaction. We're talking royalty here. Yeah, like Shelby's relative. Oh, I wouldn't go that far, no. But we just, it's just all we knew. That's, that was my normal. So it was just great. So great. That must have been like a really interesting and like exciting upbringing. Well, it's quite crazy to have that amount of your family all being in the same industry and in the same sector. That's like, Literally. where do you think that came from? My, actually on my mum's side and my dad's side, my dad's mum ran a performing arts school in Queensland. Okay. Um, and my mum's mum is a very colourful character. Her name is Margaret Hollywood Howard. Love and it. While it's a great she, name. <laughs> yeah, it's actually her name. And while she never did any performing herself, um, all of her kids just kind of naturally fell into auditions and my mum was a child actor as well and she just never stopped working. She was an actor first um, but an all-round performer, a dancer. My parents met doing a show, literally just everybody. Ooh, and then the yeah. rest is history. And the rest is history. And you love dance. I do. Yeah, I love the performing arts industry. I love, yeah. I and what, love what do you industry. love so much about it? I think that you can never stop learning with every job and every country you visit and every ceremony you do. I find a bit of myself there and in the most bizarre places where you think you would have nothing in common with anybody. Um, you very quickly realise how small the world is and that even if you don't speak the same language, we are all exactly the same. There's always a naughty kid someone everyone thinks is good looking a new best friend someone going through a hard time it's addictive and it's just really real it's just such a a privilege to work with so many people it's a very real human experience because the world is so small i'm going to say you've had the opportunity to work on so many of those incredible human experiences i guess maybe tell some of our listeners what they might have been because there's been there's been a lot oh gosh well my my biggest passion is, is ceremonies, for ceremonies and theatre. But my very first ceremony I worked on was in Doha, Qatar. So, and what was it in 2006? In 2006, I was like, 14 years old. I was just old. Saying, I was really young to get into this. I had braces, pink braces, and matched outfits with my best friend. And after school every day, I would go and volunteer on the choreography team for the Asian Games. Big show. 2006, it was a huge show. Um, my parents were both on the creative team, so it was easy for me to volunteer. And then I um, became really heavily involved and learned how to chart and learned how to... Um, for all those who are listening, what is it to chart? Oh, gosh, how do you explain that, Dan? Basically, it's what it is, like the, is map like out... the math. For a ceremony, ceremonies are always in a stadium, and stadiums are bloody huge so you can't possibly get precision with performers unless there's a giant grid on the stage usually well it changes every ceremony one meter by one meter or yeah. two by two sometimes not even a grid sometimes no grid depending on the budget um so when you chart you work to this giant grid on the stadium floor and design where all of the performers go and yeah because i think a lot of people yeah. probably just assume that, you know, with the choreography, it's just movement, but it actually it's not. There's no, a lot of There's a lot of precision, prep. isn't there? Oof, yeah. A lot of prep work, a lot of computer time, a lot of other skills that you need to make it happen, to make pictures work, to make images 
complete yeah it's it's a whole thing I'm not a great charter I would happily assist someone else and support when needed but that's a really it's a really technical skill mm. um, quite administrative because you spend hours oh, and yeah. hours on a computer literally moving yeah. one person a hundred times one person at a time if there's two thousand people you need to know where every person is at every time as you know yeah um, and I've seen people having to work overnight because like literally you do a rehearsal and then everything changes in the rehearsal you know there's a new creative idea or something doesn't work so and once, once you do the, once you chart how do you then communicate it to all the dancers and all the the performers, performers? yeah bibs <laughs> usually we have number. a number system if, if we're working with 1600 people for a segment um, we usually have to give them a physical, literal bib that has one to sixteen hundred on it, so that we already know where they're going to be. And the rehearsals, you know, usually they're a minimum of three hours long each yeah. rehearsal because and what we are have you doing? Yelling out to them, individ- one move. <laughs> yes, you have to individually place every single person and say, okay. "This is where you are for this these four eights of choreography," and then you move all the way across the field doing this thing until you arrive here on this exact spot um, to 1,600 people for every second of every ceremony. It's massive. Yeah, and That's people people essentially become job. numbers. They don't become people, if that makes sense. Yeah, I do. You, still, I you do build relationships with most of the time the volunteers, which you, is you, very important. You do, and volunteers are also the absolute reason why I do ceremonies. Yeah, I know. Volunteers That's why I said are it. the best people in the world. Um, why is that? Because it's people, you don't know where they've come from. They're coming from all walks of life and they, they're wanting to do something extraordinary and participate in something that is going to um, have a lasting effect. So you're meeting people that have stage fright, people that um, are sick, people that have a disability, people that have always wanted to perform or do something crazy, um, that have an office job. Um, it just brings kind of everybody out of the woodworks doesn't it and you know it does feel really hard sometimes when there's so many people and and you know you have to stand up in front of them and say I'm so sorry I'm absolutely not going to remember 1600 names um I will do my best but you very quickly you know find your favorites and remember you know Kevin Kevin 511 and things like that you know because people stand out or you remember numbers but um I and you know you wish that you could remember everybody's names but it's not it's just not possible like with 12,000 cast or but it's really interesting when they all remember your name yeah I know because you're like the one person which is standing there at a cast briefing I know or and then at the train station or at the mall so it's like, do you get hey, recognized oh, you, you must get recognized hi number 511 <laughs> yeah, exactly I remembered your number <laughs> well you only I only get you only get recognized when you're in a bizarre country like Turkmenistan or you know where you stand out because you're obviously not you don't look like you're from there. I was just say, because you've had the ability to work in some really random places. So you yes. mentioned Turkmenistan then, yeah, because what was that like? Turkmenistan was um, huge, yeah. it was. In which way? Uh, probably the biggest cast, we, one of the biggest casts. I think they had 12,000 cast. What? And the precision, were you there? No. Oh, see, they all blend into one. Yeah, they do. Um, it was really hot, Um the country has quite bizarre rules. Such, I've heard stories, so I'm just going to ask you, like, such as... I'm scared to talk about it, because we've always been told you're not allowed to talk about okay, it. Okay, fine, we'll skip past that the, one. In case the president In case is someone's listening. listening. No, really, at the t- especially when we were there, we weren't allowed to um, mention... Uh, Stuff. His Stuff. name, yeah. yeah. Really? Um, wow. It was bizarre. It was really challenging. Okay. Um, but also, you know, you look back and you just laugh and remember all of the times you were in a heap on the floor having a meltdown about... 
you know, something. something silly. Yeah. But how do you go from television to doing ceremonies? Yeah, because that's quite a big leap. Yeah. In Australia, you'll probably understand this. The industry is so small that you have to be good at everything. You can't just be a singer. You can't just be a dancer, just be a producer because there's just not enough work. Mm. So um, in between jobs, I would work in wardrobe in theatre or um, assistant produce a show or um, I ended up getting into um, casting for television or you just have to kind of be everywhere, put your hand up for everything. I volunteered on six ceremonies before I got paid. I mean, I got paid under the table because um, I did a good job, but, yep. you know, officially, I think I did six ceremonies before I got paid. But I worked I, I worked really hard and I volunteered my time a lot to a lot of different people. Um, and I still would and I still I still do because I just – I have so much to learn. So was it e- – like, is it easy to uh, volunteer on ceremonies? Ceremonies, yeah. Yeah, I think so, especially if there's, like, one that's being hosted in your country. Yeah. You know, I was very fortunate my first time, actually, when I got into this was Manchester. It was the Commonwealth Games in 2002. Was that your first? First one, first? yeah, yeah. And I was a volunteer performer. Oh. Um, yeah, I was a dancer in the opening segment. Oh, Weapons of it. sound. See, yeah. I've never... The first one I did in Australia was the Commonwealth Games 2018. So by then okay. I'd done a lot a more, but never in my home country. So I was often buying tickets to a country that I'd never been to before and, um, you know, volunteering my time. But I will never, ever regret that. That's just, I've had some of How the best How did it feel time. to do one at home? It was really nice because the Gold Coast is where my father's family are from. So it was really nice to connect to my Australian blood. Um, I don't often connect to being Australian. Um, I just, I don't. I don't connect to the culture very well and I've been outside of the country so much that it was nice to be where my dad grew up and where he went to school and um, I was working with him. So he was kind of drawing a a lot of his childhood experiences to put ideas into the show. And um, so in that way, it was really great. Mm. But it wasn't my favourite. Oh, really? No. What's your favourite? I don't know if I can pick just one. But um, Vancouver Winter Olympics opening and closing ceremony changed my life. And when was that? Two thousand and ten. Twenty ten. So yeah. that's so. So basically, when you do ceremonies, you kind of roll in like a two year or four year life cycle because yeah. they happen every two or four years. So that was four years. That was the next one of the next big games after Doha. It was the next big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. So why did it change your life? Because I was seventeen and I was halfway through year twelve. Um, I actually dropped out. I didn't finish school. Um, but I was almost there and I was so show ready and dancer fit and in my kind of physical prime, very inspired, kind of like, I'm ready, world, I'm ready world, like, let's go. Bring it on. So, you know, just so much energy and I just look back and I'm like, oh, bless. I was so, so keen and so inspired and, um, there were lots of different styles in, in that show. It was David Atkins Enterprises, um, and yeah, it was just inspiring to me. I just loved the show. I loved the show. I loved making it. I loved being a part of it. Um, and what did you do in it? I was an assistant choreographer. Okay. So, 17. I think I was 17. That's wow. pretty young to be an assistant choreographer for a show that big, right? That's a pretty, 
pretty cool achievement. It didn't feel, I didn't feel young at the time just because I've done it forever. It's because like you've got so much experience because most people get into this like when they're into like the 20s. Yeah, no, I've always been very clear and it wasn't a matter of, you know, am I going to do it? It was just, this is what I do. So even my first job in Doha as an assistant choreographer, um, I, I just, that was exactly where I was meant to be and I was very serious about it. It, you know, it wasn't a kind of la-di-da thing. It was like, no, this is what I do. So, And I had no problem getting up in front of 2,000 people and taking a warm-up and stuff because I love teaching. I love connecting with people. I'm not an extrovert. I actually think probably in my private time I'm probably an introvert, yeah. but I know when to become an extrovert to get the work done. Um, well, it was about your work, wasn't it? Yeah. just I just love it. I just love it. But it's all I know. I can't. I don't know what on earth I would do. Well, because you've been doing this from such an early age. Yeah, I don't literally. Know. Tell tell me about your choreography. Like, what's your style? Um, well, I I trained in everything growing up, um, from classical to contemporary, hip hop, musical theatre. I think jazz jazz technique and jazz foundation is kind of the base of what I do. But it depends where you are and what you what you're choreographing and what country and. Um, I'm a little bit of everything but I also think that especially nowadays and moving into the future um, the creative the creative process is much more collaborative than it used to be used to be kind of one choreographer um, choreographs the whole show and everybody else you know just um, assists and makes it happen I, I much prefer where it's going now and I much prefer to work together with a team of people because I don't know everything and I'm not the best at everything um, especially when you're in another country and you're learning another culture and you want to bring people in from from there and um, so I'm, I'm very passionate moving forward about collaborating with other people because I'm not the best I think I have really good ideas and I contribute really well um, but I'm, I have no interest in being the kind of lone wolf uh, kind of worker I just really love being yeah with a team of people and making things happen so that you've got 10 brains instead of one and you mentioned culture, and it's happened. I, I always go there because it's just mm. something which I always get excited about. And, you know, a few guests have said it. You know, how important to you is that culture? Oh, it's everything. Yeah. You have to honour it, respect it. It will determine the future. You have to honour um, the past to move into the future. It's everything, getting it right as best you can. And every department, not just creative, producers, costume, um, everybody that's involved always you know, that's always at the forefront of any job, as you know, is to get it right, get yeah. it right and respect where you are. And has there ever been anything in the shows that you've done on, you know, the, the vast amount of countries, I guess, that you've been able to work in? That's like a standout moment. Oh, yeah, there are so too many. many. Um, in, I think in 2015, I spent a few months in Papua New Guinea okay. doing the oh, Pacific opening ceremony. Like, where's that? It's like, where's Papua New Guinea? That's like just north of Australia. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Geographically, <laughs> north of Australia. Um, it was the first time ever, ever that they had asked sort of everybody from every region, every okay. tribe to come together to, to be in the opening ceremony. And they, no matter where they were on the island, they walked there, every wow. tribe. So people rocked up the day of. Um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, mo a lot of them barefoot, having incredible means of getting there, covered in mud to protect them from the sun, 
bags of food, live animals in hand. I heard about that, like crocodiles. Life-changing, you know, trying to navigate an athlete's parade and having a crocodile in your face and, you know, life-changing, things like that. I mean, Just, just a normal day in the office. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it makes you feel very lucky. I mean, gosh, you know, how many people get to see that and see them interact with other tribes that they've had such, you know, gruesome history with um, previously, you know, in the past. Um, and another another really life-changing one for me was, um, oh, gosh, what was it? Rugby World Cup 2011 in New Zealand, just working with so many different cultural groups and... Oh gosh, I, I don't know. There's so many. So many. Yeah, you just I couldn't I, I couldn't pick one. That's just why I keep doing it because it's just it's just beautiful seeing so many different people. Yeah. God, that wouldn't make it hard to sort of go back to Oz. Yeah. Yeah, I do enjoy going home um, because it's a little bit more normal life. Mm. Um, I love teaching. I love performing arts teaching. So when I go home, I love to get as many guest teaching jobs as possible um i i teach at my cousin's performing art school whenever i'm there um and you know i just miss australian coffee oh, and God, walking yeah. to the shops <laughs> preaching preaching oh you know and like seasons you yeah, know really wind any, and uh, stuff yeah mm. nature you know nature and getting hay fever from the pollen yep you know, yeah. i miss it i don't miss the hay fever <laughs> i think i do at this point you know, but I do love Dubai. I love the UAE. I love the Middle East. Yep. I'm, I'm particularly passionate about this area because it all started here for me in Doha. Um, I, I learned Arabic, so I speak Arabic. I married an Arab. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, because you, you seem to gravitate quite heavily towards the Middle East. I just think it's because when I first moved to the Middle East, when I was 13 going on 14, I'd never, you know, you only see what you see in the media which back then was dire. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you've never seen anybody wear a hijab or anything like that, um, let alone having an encounter with someone that wasn't just an Aussie, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I was 13 and wide-eyed and going to an international school. And, you know, I had my first kiss in Doha and, you know, you had, you know, other experiences that just always... Now it's just such a massive part of who I am. I love like the language. In, in a way, it sort of feels like you're coming home. I do, yeah. I do feel like that. Yeah, every time. The smells, the 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 food, the people. I love the Middle East. Yeah, I, I really feel at home well, here. Well, it sounds like the Middle East liked you, so Expo was a great success. It was. I think it, I it think was. It was, actually, yeah. I think it's probably going to take you guys a long time <laughs> to kind of process what happened. Yeah. Because it was, you know, it was a long slog, you know, doing... You guys were doing daily shows every single day for six months. It was. And, you know, when we started here on day one, we were very aware... As a team, I, I was one of 10 dance captains slash puppet captains because we had a lot of puppetry in our shows. We were very aware that everybody coming to this contract was coming very fragile, having just experienced two years of whatever yep. COVID was to them. Our um, cast was very, very diverse from all over the world. People were arriving here, including myself, feeling really broken um, very vulnerable, very excited and keen to work, um, to be paid. Because um, many people are not for a very long time. No, people had lost Especially loved performers, ones. performers, man. Yeah, absolutely. So we were very aware that we were taking on a lot more than maybe a normal contract. Yeah. It was also for a much longer period of time. So people had lost loved ones. People had been sick themselves. And that was the hardest thing about this contract was, you know... Um, 
people getting sick. I think my son and I were the first, one of the first people in our company to get COVID. We didn't know for weeks. My son was really sick. He was 18 months old. We were confused, so stressed. You feel like the most, you feel like the lowest piece of garbage when there's nothing you can do when your kid is sick. And weeks and weeks went by and finally they did a COVID test the third time we took him to the hospital and it was positive and so was I. And um, seeing him that sick um, was, it was really challenging. And then the isolation. And then that's just my story. Then you've got to, you know, think about everybody else at Artists in Motion, everybody else on Expo. You know, we, we did one show in 10 months with the full cast because for various, well, for various reasons, COVID, ISO, some people did so much isolation. It is not normal. It is not okay. The mental health. People's mental health was not good. My mental health was not good. Um, You know, we were just, we were trying to hold it together. I think sometimes we did well and sometimes we didn't because we're, no one knew what to do when there was an outbreak. The, The COVID rules around Expo were changing all the time. We were trying to honour our contract by maintaining the integrity of the show, but then morally, what do you do when when the the rules aren't clear? Yeah, it was tough. It was really tough, and I'm for the most part I'm okay and proud of what I did. But there are some moments that I also don't think I brought my best foot forward because I didn't know what the right thing to do was. But so that will be interesting to unpack. But was, yeah. was there support, mental health support oh, yes. through this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Artists in Motion provided, um, provided all of that to anybody. Fantastic. Anybody that wanted it. And lots of people did use it. And we also, um, I we had a death in our um, team whilst we were on the contract. So that's been a lot to deal with. And that's a big part of... Um, the sadness that we're going to have to unpack. I'm sorry to hear at that. The end. Thank you. Yeah, it was. It was. It. It's been a lot. Just so many things that hopefully no job will ever be this crazy. Do you think it's changed you? Yes, I do. Um, for more reasons than one, because I'm a new mother. I have a a new. This was my first job as a mum. Yeah. Um. And the best thing that motherhood has given me is my own balls, the ability to say, no, that doesn't work for me. Um, But then at times when we didn't know what the right thing was, that was really challenging because you're trying to do the right thing, but what is the right thing? Um, I think anyone that's worked on Expo has gone through a lot and deserves a massive holiday. Yeah, so that's coming soon, hopefully. I'd like to think so. Yeah. Yeah, including you. Yeah, eventually one day. <laughs> but we were talking just kind of like off air as well. It's, you know, when you do ceremonies, it's one day, essentially. Well, two maybe, because you do closing ceremony, but closing is always, you know, a bit of a party. Yeah. But this was like, you know, first of all, there was the build-up to it, which would be like the same for any job. But then also then the the constant daily grind of those changes and challenges, which, you know, w- nothing you can control, That's COVID right. being the main one. Absolutely. I mean, we were pulling our hair out at times, trying to shift cast around and put something on the stage that resembled what we had created in the first place. But at the same time, everybody was so understanding. Everybody was in the same boat. You know, we were right next to DAE who were having their own problems and they had an outbreak and then we would have an outbreak and, um, you know, injuries and everything else on top of it. But, hey, we did it. I hope hope it's never this hard again. I really do. Um, But we did it. And there's a lot to be so grateful for. And proud of. And proud of, yeah. I feel like um, this this job, Expo, gave me personally the perfect little 
um, safe nest to completely fall apart after some really hard years. So, um, you know, just because I was here working for a great company in a really great job on a great salary with an apartment and I hadn't had any of that security for such a long time and I didn't have the early, um, you know, postpartum journey I wanted to have because COVID happened so I had to work right away and things like that. So I think when I got to Dubai, I totally fell apart but I'm so grateful for this job. It gave me that. It let That's, me fall well, It sounds apart. like it was actually quite healing. It was. It's In, in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's an ongoing process. But, yeah, it, yes, totally, totally. So much to be grateful for. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So what's next? A break. Mm. And where is that break? I'm flying to Tunisia tomorrow. tomorrow. Amazing. For up to two months. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ramadan starts in a few days, so I'm going to be in a house full of Muslims fasting um, with a two-year-old. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to um, watching my parents-in-law play with my son. Because they've not been able to do that. They have not met him yet. No. Oh, God, that's going to be emotional. Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited. And usually I'm quite good at finding the work-life balance. I think I'm quite good at saying, no, I can't work until... 2am because I won't bring my best foot forward tomorrow you know and I, I do try to find you know the family work-life balance um I have not done that on this job but I'm determined to um try and maintain that in the future I don't know what is that because it, just, it physically wasn't possible no <clears throat> no it just wasn't you know expo was a, a took a lot of brain power 24-7. Are you sure two months is going to be enough? No, maybe more. We'll see. <laughs> it's, an, it's a changeable ticket, as how, they all are now. I was going to say, but how does it feel then having that kind of, I guess, uncertainty, that, that freedom now? Or well, do you, do you I've done that know? my whole life. I've, I mean, you never know what job you're doing next until six weeks before the next job. So it's the same, I mean, mad anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> but also exciting at the same time. Yeah, actually actually to be honest, I don't having I don't I'm not anxious yet. I'm absolutely ready for a break. Um but it will come. You know, yeah. you start getting the that, you know, kind of shaky feeling, oh god, what am I going to do? Every job I do, I fear I'm never going to work again for various reasons, you know. Oh, I'm never going to get hired because I'm a mum. Oh, I'm never going to get hired because of this, you know, whatever. But something always works out. Of course. And, it, you know, there seems to be some exciting things at the end of the year, so who knows? Yeah, there's a lot going really? on. Yeah. Especially what you guys accomplished was incredible. You know, as a, as a spectator, you know, I took part in some things, but watching the shows as a spectator, they're beautiful. Oh, thank you. And also as well, like, you know, just the social media coverage and stuff which has been happening over the last few days, like now oh. Expo's finished. I think, you know, people eventually in the next few days are probably going to get that anxiety of, you know, it's, it's finished, it's gone. Well, it's like, the come it, down, it's, isn't it's it? It's done, it's never happening ever again mm -hmm. here. Like, that, that, that's it. I know, and just watching the LinkedIn feed, everybody becoming available for work and everybody back in the uncertainty boat kind of breaks your heart because you just, you know, we all, we've all been there. We yeah. all know what it's like, but something does come up. So... Yeah, and is. I think that's that. You know, Expo was that stability and that life raft it after was. such a horrific few years for the freelance industry in particular. Yeah, and you know, you should be really proud of what you've achieved this year. You've done a lot. You know, yeah. COVID hit everyone pretty hard, and I'm sure you had your moments where you 
completely had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. And this year has been pretty epic. It's good. There's more th- more things coming. We're working Inshallah. on it. Inshallah. We might be seeing you in Doha, actually. Inshallah. <laughs> I would that's love the, to get back that's there. That's the next yeah. plan. So oh, that's cool. the thing. I think that's a good note to finish off on. Epic. It is, yeah. Epic. You know, and congratulations on creating epic, epic, epic stuff. Because the, the shows were beautiful, really beautiful. Thank and you. I think people behind the scenes realise how hard you worked because of the challenges which were like relentless. I think everybody on Expo worked super hard and everybody aged about 10 years. You you don't look it, you look quite fresh today. Oh God, (laughs) I don't feel it. (laughs) Not at all. After the holiday. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're excited to We won't recognise her after the holiday. Taylor, have an awesome time back home. Thank you so much. It's been so nice talking to you guys. It's It's really strange to talk about yourself. It is, yeah, like in my kitchen. Yeah, in the kitchen, <laughs> smashing my. Well, I was going to say that's a, that that was the that was the bell to end the show. It is, yeah, cool. Thank, Thank you so much, Taylor. Thank you, guys. Safe flight. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lily, and I'm Dan. We are the Loaded.